Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, on the Word of the King, uh, my brother Jay Wolfgang is going to bring forth a message to you, straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now, may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which lives in the body forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul. We're going to get started here with part eight of the series that we've been doing for quite a while now. And just to let us know, this is going to be the second to last of that series of the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel on the word of the king here. And as we get ready with the second to last part of that series that God has asked us to do on the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel. Tim, we are going to ask you to turn your leaves over there to Genesis chapter 23 tonight. And while you're preparing yourself at Genesis tw chapter 23, we're going to go to our little theme song first, as we have been all this time, to, of course, Carrie Underwood and her theme song that we've been using, and, of course, Jesus Take the Wheel.
right, Tim, take us now as we get ready for the life of Abraham, part eight, and Jesus take the wheel. We ask you to take us to Genesis chapter 23 tonight. Abraham for a possession of a burning place by the sons of Heth. 
makes me kind of wonder something here. First of all, we notice here, this is really the only possession that legally, legally, at this point, at the end of this chapter, Abraham could honestly say he owned or the children of Israel at this point, if you want to call them the children of Israel. It's the only land that they legally could say they owned. As you remember, God said that they would not have this. They said it, they would have it as an inheritance. It was promised them, but they did not own it legally yet. It was a promise. It was the promised land. But legally, now, this piece of land, first Abraham loses his beloved wife, and as you could tell, she must have been pretty beloved, and we're going to point that out here in a minute. He loses Sarah that he had for a long time, and then he wants to have her buried properly. And doing so... He asks these people for a place to bury her. They're willing to just let her, they, uh, oh, hey, here's a place you could bury her. Now, Abraham not wanting them to later just say, hey, that's still my field. It's still my place. Even though you buried your wife there, it's still mine. Uh-uh. He was smart. He said, uh-uh, I am going to purchase this with my money so that basically the contract is fulfilled. It is mine. And so he goes through this whole dialogue, as you see, with this guy. First he starts talking to the people of the city. He finds out who owns the land, basically the owner. And then he talks directly to face-to-face, man-to-man, eyeball to eyeball, toe to toe with the owner, and he says, look, I want to buy this property and this cave so I can bury my wife. And he says, even this guy keeps saying, well, I'll just give it to you, but Abraham ain't willing to just, okay, I'll take it as a freebie. There's how many today in this day and age, they'll take, they first off, they, they expect you to pay them, pay them, pay them money, big money, big money. They want big money, but yet on the other hand, they also expect everything given to them on a silver platter. Freebies. Free, and I'm sorry to say, and I'm going to say it right here, this is the biggest thing in the church too. The worst thing. They love the freebie. But yet, on the other hand, they're not willing to support good works that Jesus Christ puts out there to back up. And I'm going to name a couple of good works that I know that we're connected with. We have a ministry, a, a mission work out there in Nigeria. This, these guys are, you want to talk about suffering for Christ. We, th- this guy is busting his neck. And we're out there, it takes us, Big money to ship these Bibles clean out to Nigeria. 
over the ocean. But on our website, how many times do we see even anybody sitting there busting their neck to send a donation and say, hey, we're willing to sponsor some Bibles or some of the shipping to get the Bibles over there. <laughs> no, they love the freebies. Let's get the free downloads of your sermon. Cause, oh, yeah, freebie. Oh, let's get some free Bibles, free gospel tracts. We like that, but we ain't willing to support. Oh, we like the word of the king because that's a freebie. We could download that and listen to that. It's freebie. But uh, I bet you Brother Tim will tell you honestly, he, 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 do, he probably doesn't see very many donations coming in to help him to support this work and keep it on the air. Come on, people. Uh, uh, you can't keep a good work going unless you support it. And I know this to be a fact. Even my wife and I, we had started a scripture sign ministry locally where we were, had 60 signs, and everybody, oh, they loved the freebie sign in their yard. Loved to watch us drive around or walk carrying a bunch of signs on my back. But did they want to support? No. Oh, they loved a freebie. But Abraham wasn't willing to take a freebie. He said, no, I ain't taking this cave and field from you. I want to pay for it. David was the same way. We're talking a man after God's own heart. He says, I will not offer to the Lord nothing that did not cost me first. I cannot sacrifice to the Lord nothing that didn't cost me first. How can you expect a sacrifice to God and say, I we sing the sacrifice of praise? Hello, charismatics. How can you sing you sing to the sacrifice of praise when you didn't even sacrifice one red cent to keep a good work on the on the air? Uh, John McTurnan, he's out there busting his neck to get out a book like As America Done to Israel. Now you want to talk about a good work? Go buy you that book. That, that, that'll wake you up. Okay? Uh, what about uh Dave and Willie Hauser putting out these last trumpets. That's something that'll wake you up, let you know you're in the last days, boys. Jesus could, he's already ready to knock on the door. He's ready to come on back. Uh, you, you need to be waking up, folks. Abraham said, I'm not wanting a freebie. He says, I want to purchase this. And he paid for that land. But let's go at the beginning of this chapter. Notice, his beloved wife Sarah died. A little kind of question that kind of pops into my mind. When Sarah died, he mourned for her. He really grieved and mourned for her and wanted to get her buried. Now, yes, several chapters back, when he had to let Hagar go, as we pointed out in the previous episode, yeah, he was upset that Hagar was going to have to go when Sarah says, ah, well, I, she ain't going to inherit with my son. Yeah, he was grieved. But it didn't grieve him enough to send her out with what? Only bread and a little water like a common prisoner. That was his wife. But Sarah, it grieves him enough that he's boo-hooing and crying. I see a big difference now in Abraham. Uh, that comes to the point, and if a person gets a copy of my message, 23 
parts on marriage and sex that talks about it also mentions multiple marriage. When a person has has to have two partners or whatever, if it comes down to that, Jesus said you're supposed to love those partners as Christ loved the church. If you love them equally, you wouldn't be doing that nonsense, Abraham. You would have loved Sarah equally with Hagar, and you would have grieved just like you'd grieved for Sarah here. You would have been boohooing and crying. You would have sent, hey, yeah, you would have obeyed the Lord and obeyed Sarah's voice, but you would at least sent her out with a servant and, a, and a, at least a camel and stuff. You would have sent him out with some dignity instead of sending, knowing that was your seed going out, instead of sending him out with bread and water like a common uh, jailbird. Amen. And I'm, and I'm the first to say so. Yes, the inheritance is the children of Israel. And I don't deny that. No fight in that. But she was still his wife. Amen. All right. Now, Genesis chapter 24, as we get ready and continue, comes into, as Tim has on his pages, you'll see a profile we have set up. Kind of leads us into what God has asked us to do. We've been praying about this for many years. And it leads us into the very text that we're about to read in the life of Abraham. Jesus, take the wheel. He has asked me and my wife to kind of be. He's asked me to take on the part of Abraham, my wife to be the, quote, Sarah, if you will. And he's the, quote, Isaac in this story. And so we're going to find out what we're talking about right here and how he's praying for his Rebecca. So let's find out what we're talking about. So, Tim... Would you enlighten us by reading Genesis chapter 24? Abraham was old, well stricken in age. The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, Whatever all that he had, put, I pray thee, a hand under my thigh. I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth. Thou shalt not take your wife unto my son, daughters of the Canaanites, but whom I dwell. Thou shalt go into my country, to my kindred, take your wife unto my son, Isaac. The servant said unto him, For adventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? Abraham said unto him, Where thou thou bring not my son thither again? Lord God heaven took me from my father's house, from the land, my kindred, and spake unto me, and swear unto me, saying, Thy see will I give this land, shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, and thou shalt be clear from this my oath, and they bring not my son thither again. Servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, swear to him concerning that matter. The servant took ten camels of camels of his master, departed. All the goods of his master were in his hand. He arose and went Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. He made his camels kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening. Even the time 
time that women go out to draw water. He said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, let me good speed this day with your kindness with my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water. The daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Let it come to pass, the damsel to whom I shall say, let down my pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. She shall say, drink. I will give thy camels drink also. Save be she that thou hast supported for thy servant, Isaac. There I shall know that thou hast shewed kindness unto my master. It came to pass, before he had done speaking, the old Rebekah came out, who was born, Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the son of Nahor, Miriam's brother, and her pitcher upon her shoulder. The damsel was very fair to look upon. Virgin, if any man known her, she went down to the well and filled her pitcher. Came up. The servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray you, drink a little water of thy pitcher. She said, Drink, my lord. She hasted, went down to her pitcher, caught her hand, gave him drink. When she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also. So they had done drinking. She hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, held his peace to it whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. It came to pass, camels had done drinking. The man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight, two bracelets for her hands, and ten shekels weight of gold. He said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? She said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover, when we have both straw and provender enough, room to lodge in. The man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left substitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brother. The damsel ran and told him of her mother's house these things. Rebecca had a brother, and his name was Laban. Laban ran out with the man unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hand. And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man to me. He came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. He said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore, shamest thou went out? For I have prepared the house and room for the camels. And the man came into the house. He ungirded his camels and gave straw and provender for the camels. Water to wash his feet, and the men's feet were with him. There was set meat before him to eat. He said, I will not eat. So I have told mine Aaron, and he said, Speak on. He said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. He has become great. He hath given him flocks. Herds, silver, and gold, men's servants, and maids' servants, camels, and asses. Sarah, my 
international's wife bear a son. It's my master, but she was old. I didn't have to give it all that he had. My master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take your wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, whose land I dwell. Thou shalt go into my father's house to my kindred, take your wife of my son. And I said unto my master, Peradventure, the woman will not follow me. He said unto me, The Lord, for whom I walk, set his angel with thee, cross to thy way. Thou shalt take your wife from my son, of my kindred, from my father's house. And shalt thou be clear from this my oath, when thou comest to my kindred. And if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. And I came to this day unto the well, and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, now thou do prosper my way which I go. Behold, I stand by the well of water. It took in the past, when virgin come forth to draw water. I stand her, give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. She said to me, Go drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Saying, Be the woman whom the Lord pointed out, my master's son. For I had done speaking in my heart. The old Rebecca came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder. She went down unto the well and drew water. I said unto her, let me drink, I pray thee. She made haste, let down her pitcher from her shoulder, said, Drink, and I will give thy camel's drink also. So I drank, she made the camel's drink also. And I asked her, said, Whose daughter art thou? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, they were son, milk a bear unto them. And I put the earring upon her face, and the bracelets upon her hands. I bowed down my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God, my master Abraham. He said, Let me in the right way to take my master's mother's daughter unto his son. Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. If not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. And the man and Bethuel answered and said, They proceeded from the Lord. Can I speak unto thee bad or good? The old Rebecca is before thee. Take her and go. Let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. It came to pass when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. The servant brought forth jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment, gave them to Rebecca, gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. They did eat and drink. He and the men that were with him carried all night. They rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away unto my master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at the least ten, and fetch her some go. He said unto them, Enter me not. See the rest prospered by way. Send me away that I may go to my master. They said, We will call the damsel and inquire her mouth. They called Rebecca, said unto her, if I'll go with this man, then I will go. They sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. They blessed Rebecca and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands, millions. Let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. 
And Rebecca arose, and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels, followed the man. And the servant took Rebecca and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well, Haroi, he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she laid off the camel. She had said unto the servant, What man is this that walked in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebecca, and she became his wife. He loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Oh, hallelujah. We do get some good meat here. First thing we notice is something rather important. A big question. Did Abraham only just teach his children to follow God? Or did he pass along his faith to his servants, his staff, his employees, if you will? Obviously, he didn't leave his faith only to his family and say, well, forget everybody else. <laughs> no, he didn't leave his light under a bushel. And for us that are Christians, there's a good message for you right there. Uh, you could look in Zephaniah 1.12. It says, and I will search. Search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled under lees, just like the jeans, L-E-E-S. For they say, the Lord will do neither evil nor good. Sounds like a bunch of JWs, Jehovah's False Witness. Or you could be going, G-O, for God. Go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them to baptize teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's not just for preachers. It didn't say there that's just for preachers. And if you don't believe that, go to Mark chapter 16. It said, go ye and preach the gospel to every creature. What does it mean to preach? That means proclaim that which is already written. The minute you say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, you preached. When you read John 3.16, you preached because you read or proclaimed what was already written. And that's what this man did. He took, he learned what his master did, and he took and took on the faith of his master Abraham. And he learned to pray. He learned to seek the God of his master. And then... He also learned integrity. And Abraham told him, I want you to make a promise, an oath, that you would go not to a bunch of heathen, but I want you to keep the faith. I want you to keep... I want you to keep my son... 
within, not be unequally yoked, but yoked. So that means when you get married, excuse me, uh, you don't go, if you're a Christian, you don't go and get some uh, Satanist, Buddhist, a Catholic, a Mormon. No, you get another Christian. Well, he took and asked his servant to go and get someone that was equally yoked. Another person from the same belief system, if you will. So he goes and gets, as you remember, back. Remember the family we mentioned? Well, here she is. The Rebecca and the Laban that was mentioned in that family. Here she is. And here he is. And then what's interesting? And notice the very ending here. This man went and prayed, and God did answer his prayer. Kind of a fleece prayer, and God answered it exactly as it was prayed. And then finally, as I said, at the very end of that prayer, when does a marriage, is it commenced? Everybody thinks a marriage is involved or commences or is commenced at the point when two people say, I do. Uh-uh. This chapter verifies when a marriage is commenced. Read it. It says, Isaac took Rebekah into his mother Sarah's tent and she became, there's the key word, became his wife. Basically, when they had a sexual union that first time, that's when they became married. It had nothing to do with, with a piece of paper when they agreed verbally and when they accomplished it sexually is the actual marriage according to Scripture. Two things are required for a marriage in the Bible is the oath or promise between the people and which is the betrothal promise the promise or oath and the sexual union there is scripture for you because when it says Mary when Mary and Joseph took and were betrothed, she was his, quote, wife. Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 2, when she was betrothed to him. See, they had made promises, but she, and she was classified his wife, but she had not been with him. So, see, 
the oath makes the marriage, and when, in this case, Isaac went in unto her, she became his wife. So those two points prove the marriage is those two things. It's not a piece of paper. So now we are out of time for this episode. We will now continue in part eight. I mean part nine, I should say. We are finished with part eight, but we will continue next time with part nine of the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. So we will continue next time. Oh, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God committeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness. God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection alone. For by grace he is saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.